This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Thursday, February 27th, 2020. On this day in 1992, Austrian serial killer Jack Unterweger was caught by the authorities for the final time while hiding in Miami, Florida. After months of killing around the globe, the Vienna Woods killer was finally apprehended. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the arrest of Austrian serial killer Jack Unterweger while on the run in Miami. Let's go back to the evening of February 27, 1992, just as the sun was beginning to set. Forty-one-year-old Jack Unterweger quickly walked up a Miami street with his young girlfriend, Bianca Morak. With each passing step, Jack looked over his shoulder on the off chance that someone was following them. Jack and Bianca had been in Miami for less than two weeks, but it was important to keep a low profile. Back in Vienna, Austria, Jack had come under media scrutiny as the leading suspect in a string of serial murders. The evidence was mounting fast, and he needed to stay as far from Austria as possible. Miami's sunny beaches seemed like the perfect place to hide out. While in Miami, Jack followed the coverage in the Austrian press about the serial murders he was connected with. He grew angry at how the police painted him in a negative light as a crazed killer of sex workers. He even called into Austrian media outlets and claimed he was innocent. Besides dodging the authorities, money became an issue. Within days of landing, the smooth-talking Jack convinced Bianca to become a go-go dancer at a nearby club. But the work didn't bring in enough money as fast as Jack wanted. As a well-respected author and journalist in Austria, Jack was used to the finer things, and he could only go for so long living such an austere lifestyle. While in hiding, Jack stayed in communication with an ex-girlfriend who worked for the Austrian magazine Success. She told Jack that the magazine wanted to do an exclusive on him, and they would pay him $10,000 for it. Strapped for cash, Jack agreed immediately. But there was one caveat. He wanted the money wired to him up front, in Miami. Jack knew it was risky, but he decided that as long as the money was wired in Bianca's name, it shouldn't be an issue. 
Plus, he trusted his ex-girlfriend who worked for the magazine. She didn't hide the fact that she still was madly in love with Jack. The day of the wire transfer, February 27th, Jack and Bianca made their way to a USA money exchange office. Jack sent Bianca inside alone to see if the money had arrived. Outside, Jack scanned his surroundings. At first, everything appeared as normal, but then he realized that something was off. The hair on the back of his neck rose. The pedestrians walking along the street near the exchange office were all glancing at him, and in a way that appeared all too obvious. They had to be law enforcement, or at least connected to law enforcement somehow. Jack knew he needed to stay calm. If he was going to dodge these men, whoever they were, he still needed the money. Get that first, and then bolt. After about 10 minutes, Bianca finally exited the building, holding the cash. Without hesitation, Jack told her to run. Then he took off down the street. Brushing past men, women, and children making their way to the beach. Unfortunately for him, he didn't get very far. He was suddenly surrounded by squad cars, blocking his way to freedom. When the officers drew their guns, he threw up his hands and surrendered. U.S. Marshals slapped him with handcuffs and threw him in the back of a squad car. Jack had been betrayed by his ex-girlfriend, though not on purpose. She had excitedly informed her editor, Gert Schmidt, that she was in contact with the notorious killer. But instead of capitalizing on the exclusive interview, Schmidt informed the authorities, and Jack walked right into the U.S. Marshal's trap. The Vienna Woods killer was finally caught. Coming up, we dive into the life and crimes of Jack Unterweger. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. On February 27th, 1992, 41-year-old Austrian serial killer Jack Unterweger was arrested in Miami, Florida by U.S. Marshals. He was accused of murdering sex workers in Vienna, Graz, Prague, and eventually Los Angeles. His killing spree had lasted only a year, and it began after he spent 18 years in prison for a different murder back in the 1970s. 
Much of Jack's early life is clouded in mystery of his own making that in later years has been widely debunked. But we know Jack Unterweger was born Johann Unterweger on August 15, 1950, to a young barmaid named Theresia in the Austrian town of Judenburg. Jack was left in the care of his grandfather at an early age and, according to him, was subjected to horrible abuse. Jack claimed he was barely given enough food to eat or clothes to keep warm. He was also subjected to the company of sex workers his grandfather kept. But a step-relative who lived with Jack at the time claimed it was all lies. Yes, the grandfather was stern, but he didn't neglect or abuse Jack the way he had led the public to believe. Jack claimed that at some point during his early childhood, he ran away to live with his aunt. She was supposedly the only person to ever be kind to him. She was also a sex worker who was brutally murdered by one of her customers. But like his grandfather's abuse, the circumstances of his aunt's murder were also a fabrication. Jack spent his teenage years roaming around Europe as a petty thief. Soon he began assaulting women during his robberies, and complaints were made to the police about him. It's widely believed that Jack's first murder victim was a young woman named Maritza Horvat, whose body was found on April 1, 1973, outside Salzburg, Austria. She was naked, tied with her own pantyhose, and strangled. Though he was never convicted for this murder, the similarities between her death and Jack's later victims were all too close. In December of 1974, 24-year-old Jack brutally murdered 18-year-old German citizen Margaret Schaefer. He beat her with an iron rod and strangled her with her own brassiere. A few months later, Jack was caught while in Austria. He was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison with parole eligibility after 18 years. While in prison, Jack discovered that he had an ability with words and began writing extensively. He realized that he could reinvent his image and manipulate the public with his pen. So from prison, he published his memoirs, Purgatory, about his troubled life with his abusive grandfather. And following that, he began writing plays and children's stories. Jack managed to convince Austria's liberal elite that he was the prime example of prison reform. After all, incarceration wasn't about punishment, but rehabilitation. Jack was clearly rehabilitated. Petitions went out in his favor, and when he hit the 18-year minimum, Jack was granted his parole. He walked out of prison just shy of his 40th birthday, in May of 1990. Upon his release, Jack was the talk of Austria. He appeared on talk shows and radio programs discussing his rehabilitation. He plugged his book and his plays. According to him, he was a new man. He had recognized the error of his youthful ways. But Jack was anything but rehabilitated. Rather, he was merely biding his time until he could satisfy his murderous desires once more. In the fall of 1990, 
Jack murdered seven women in Vienna, Graz, and Bregenz. All of them were found naked and strangled with their own underwear. It took police months to connect the murders, and none of them realized it was the famed Jack Unterweger who was responsible. The following summer, Jack took his murder spree to Los Angeles, murdering three more sex workers. When he returned to Vienna, he decided to write an article on crime in Los Angeles and report on the very murders he committed, thumbing his nose at the clueless police. But Jack's activity wasn't going wholly unnoticed. A retired investigator who worked the unsolved murder of Maritza Horvat always believed Jack was responsible. And as fresh killings began to pop up, the similarities were too obvious to ignore. So he tipped off the authorities to look into Jack Unterweger. As the evidence against Jack grew, he and his 18-year-old girlfriend fled Austria, eventually making their way to Miami, Florida. And on February 27, 1992, with the help of U.S. Marshals, Jack was caught and extradited back to Vienna. Jack ultimately faced 11 charges of homicide. On June 28, 1994, 44-year-old Jack was convicted of nine of the 11 counts. Two of the bodies were badly decomposed and therefore harder to connect to Jack. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. But Jack refused to spend his days in prison. He made a vow after being released in 1990 to never return. The day after his conviction, Jack's body was discovered hanging in his cell. Investigators noted that the knot he used to tie his own noose, fashioned from the drawstring in his pants, was the same knot he used on his victims. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. If you enjoyed today's episode, check out the ParCast original, Serial Killers, which delves deeper into Jack Unterweger's life and crimes. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram, at ParCast, and Twitter, at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Joe Guerra, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 